This episode of the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast is brought to you by TFC Productions. Two Fit Crazy Productions, TFC Productions, that's our production company helping people with their podcasts. Increase your brand, grow your business by creating your very own podcast, and we are here to help you every step of the way. You do not have to do all the work. We do a lot of it for you. This podcast is also brought to you by ContiFit.com. Get the best online training, the best in arthritis, in let's face it together, facial fitness and rehabilitation, all sorts of functional fitness training at your fingertips. That's ContiFit.com. Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Uh, virtual health coaching sessions and corporate wellness programs, all the information at high5healthandfitness.com. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Are you singing? No, we did a little, we slowed the roll there a little bit. Okay. I don't know, I was following your lead. Okay. We're dancing here. We are, we are. It's it's uh, Friday actually right now. <laughs> We're going into Labor Day weekend, so... It's um, it's where it's at right here. <laughs> we just had a great conversation about hating exercise. That's right. You, you heard it. You don't know this, but you guys you actually hate it. Hate it. You mm. don't like it at all. You hate it. Think about it. Right? Think about it. Because when he first said this, and we're going to talk about this, this amazing guy named Mike Kelly, who's coming to us from Ottawa, Canada, who actually is the, he's a founder of We Mean fitness we mean fitness like yeah. like we mean business yeah who it, he's amazing he's trained certifies instructors you're going to hear all about it courses on fascia and movement and he's known as the cynical trainer um and he teaches a lot of courses like why i hate exercise but do it anyway that's right <laughs> and and look when he explains it to you it makes sense um and we were sitting here trying to Disprove it the entire yeah, time. Sure. What do you mean? I love it. But I love the pain. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm like, but, but, but the uh, the feeling after, right? The, and you know, it's fascinating. Loving exercises, loving exercise, and loving the results are two different things. Right. Loving exercise and loving the feeling of it, two different things. You know, it's interesting that when when he's talking, you're gonna listen, you're gonna hear this, everyone. You know when you, if you're going to go out for a jog or you're going to go for a bike ride or those of you that run races, you know if you're going to go out and enjoy it or you're going out for a reason. Like, are you going out to get on the podium when you race right? or are you going out to enjoy the wonderful day and have a good experience? Those are two very different things. Honestly. And don't tell me that killing yourself for a race to get on the podium feels good on a few occasions i've asked people who i know have trained very very hard one of them was an olympic trialist and i asked her how you feel you ready to go and she says i'm ready to hurt Mm -hmm. i'm ready for hurt i'm ready to hurt it hurts (laughs) it does hurt like you got to prepare yourself for that so perhaps i mean look that's an extreme uh extreme level of exercise right and we probably wouldn't even call it exercise at that point it's competition uh, and and you know in many things uh, but uh but mike is fantastic mm-hmm. he's really great uh he's he's a gentleman that upon uh you know we get the visual of him as we uh as we are recording we you know we pull a video we have the video on and he, he claims is, to be much older. He wouldn't tell us how old, but you know he's and been married for thirty three years. I'm telling you, he this looks guy, like he's thirty three. Guy looks like he's in his thirties. Uh, amazing dude. He steps away from the uh, from the microphone a couple times. He uh, cranks out some push ups as we go. Uh, oh, some explosive power push ups. Yeah, that's right. Not just regular push ups. Feet and hands out of the in the air. <sighs> so uh, pretty neat stuff. But uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought that that Mike was was really good, and I think that you're going to like it too. And I think that he's probably going to. Uh, you know, uh, press the intrigue button just enough that you mm. may, 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 hopefully, um, sign up for his seminar on why you hate exercise. Oh, it's going to be good. We're going to put all the information in the show notes and everything. And um, I want you to ask yourself right now that, you know, Mike asks you in the podcast, do you feel young? And do you hate exercise? <laughs> all right. Let's get to this one. Enjoy, everybody. Thank you. 
is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. You know where it's at today, Brian. North of the border. We are going back, not to Cali. We're going back <laughs> to Canada. Mike Kelly, how are you? Well, guys, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for the opportunity. Let me take my parka off right now and my mucklucks. <laughs> and I just parked this dog sled outside, so I'm all set to go. Oh, a toque? Oh. You have a toque on? I learned what a toque is through I, this podcast. I took my toque off just for this discussion. <laughs> all right, good. Um, it's only September. So tell our listeners where exactly you are in Canada. I'm in Ottawa, and unbeknownst to a lot, that's actually the capital of Canada. Most mm-hmm. people would think it's Toronto. The center of our world, but Ottawa is the capital, and uh, this is where I've been. I was actually born in Toronto, by the way, but uh, right now I prefer to only visit. I would never want to live there anymore. Mm. That being said, Toronto, uh, there's a lot of business activity that I do coordination-wise with people. Uh, I've trained a lot of trainers that live in Toronto, work through the good life, the Mavadis of the world, and so on. So I have a lot of connection, but my home base here is in Ottawa. Now, that being said, in the last year, certainly, my home base has been all over the place because of everything I do is virtually via Zoom. Um, I mentioned earlier on that my client farthest away was in Pakistan, which is unbelievable. I never, ever would have guessed that in a million years. But uh, as it stands now, the majority of my clients uh, span across Canada, east to west. So uh, we, I, let, let's talk about Pakistan. How did you end up in Pakistan? I know you told us off air, but let's uh, let, for our listeners. And, and with that, tell us what it is you're doing to help your clients. Okay, well, I'll start with the latter. So um, I've been in sports and fitness for over 45 years. I am a senior who will hopefully never retire. Uh, Jack LaLanne is my idol, you know, rest in peace. But, uh, you know, that guy was 96, I think, when he checked out mm-hmm. and he was doing push-ups the week before. Mm-hmm. So... You know, if I, I aspire to that, and I'm, I'm on target. We'll see how far it gets. What I do most of the time, again, everything I do is fitness-related, is I train and certify personal trainers here in Canada. I'm a contractor for CanFit Pro through my company, We Mean Fitness. That sounds like We Mean Business. It's We Mean Fitness. I like it. So I, I run uh, for 16 years now. I've been doing their course. So I've trained in the thousands of, of new trainers and they run the gamut of, you know, individual contractors like myself to working for large clubs like Good Life and so on. Um, in addition to that, I also run their fascia program, fascia movement assessment, which, trust me, if you don't know about fascia, it is the coolest thing. It makes bone structure and muscles look eh, boring. Fascia is so cool. So I teach a course on that. It's a one-day course. All these things offer CECs and so on. Uh, in addition to that, I have, you can see here, well, people you're listening to right now can't, but uh, you too can see my studio gym. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I live in a fairly large house that has, you know, 10-foot ceilings. Uh, originally, I, I ran a dojo. I was co-owner in a dojo, so I taught martial arts for a while. And my plan was when I built this house, I was going to build tall ceilings so I could hang heavy bags. When all this came to fruition, I forgot that heavy bags were really, really noisy. <laughs> so that went out the window, and I just, I'm just i stuck with the studio concept. So I train when I can. I train from world class to mom and pops uh, and everyone in between. When I have time and when asked, I act as a, an expert fitness witness for the legal profession. So if things go awry, if a client gets hurt, they'll hire a defense lawyer or whatever, or a lawyer, and they'll sue. It doesn't happen very often in Canada. It's not nearly as litigious as it is down in the States, but it does happen. So at that time, I would be asked to you know, write a 10-page report on what should have happened. And, and from there, that's it. I've only been to court once, so it's a minor thing. I do seminars, lunch and learn, uh, all driving around my one goal, and that's to help get the planet healthier one person at a time. Most recently, uh, I started on the uh, presentation circuit. And I've got others planned coming up, but I did the Global Fitness Conference at CanFit Pro. And the reason I just, I've been asked to do it for many years, over the years by CanFit Pro, but the reason I finally jumped into it is because five years ago, I went back to school. And in this, this past April 2020, I was the oldest graduate. I sound like I'm boasting right now, but <laughs> I went back to Queen's University in Kingston and I became their oldest graduate in the psychology program. Now, why would I want to go back to school at my tender age? Well, for decades, 
you know, I know the body fairly well, how it moves through the different planes and so on, et cetera, how to maintain it. Um, but, you know, for decades, I realized it's, it's much about what goes on up here that drives us. So I wanted to go back for many years, but it took a lot of hemming and hawing to finally jump in. And once I did, it, it's amazing. Brain chemistry is amazing. And we do things we have no idea we're doing them. It's all very subconscious and pre-programmed. And it, it really made me, my catch name is the cynical trainer, as you may or may not recall. Um, I'm not cynical about everything, but generally speaking, humans become more cynical as they get older. If you don't have a little bit of cynicism in life, you're, you're basically just a robot. So it's good to question things occasionally. And, and what I'm cynical about are things like get fit quick mm. programs, schemes, et cetera. Uh, government. Government can't look after itself. How do you expect <laughs> them to look after you? Like, really? Pharmaceuticals. You know, if I get bit by a snake, I want the, the anecdote and so on. But generally speaking, pharmaceuticals, for the most part, there's a bit of a hidden agenda there. So, you know, by the way, I have my COVID vaccines. Get your vaccine, everybody. Um, that being said, there's far too many people that fall into the trap that I'm not going to look after myself now because government is there to support me when I get older and stop falling apart. And the pharmaceuticals will keep me going. If you believe that, you know, I've got some swamp land in Florida for sale for you. <laughs> get some duct so, tape and some uh, and some crazy glue too to glue yourself back yeah, together. Yeah, you know, you get a roll, you get a roll of duct tape and you can do just about anything, right? Including tape up the muscles right. if you're short of your We're athletic good. tape. So, but what I've done from that, I presented at this conference and I had no idea how well it would go. It, like I had comments, I had comments from CanFit Pro, like testimonials. I could read one, but I won't bore you. <laughs> but I had one, the guy, Pivotal, just Pivotal. And now the name of the seminar was Why I Don't Like Exercise, The Psychology of Getting Into a Client's Mindset. From that, what I've decided to do is create a one-day workshop course, which is entitled Why I Hate Exercise, in brackets, but do it anyway, hyphen the psychology that health professionals and fitness professionals need to know. Now, the whole premise of this seminar is to make people better understand, give them a bit of an empathy as to how difficult it is. Let me back up for a second. Let me tell you, folks, don't take this the wrong way, but you two represent a very small microcosm of the population of the planet from a fitness perspective. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously talking a, a micro spot. It's just so small. If you think of how many trainers there are in Canada, maybe 20,000 trainers, there's 35 million people here. Right. I worked out the stats one day. The ratio was something like 6,000 to one, meaning there's 6,000 people potentially in Canada that could benefit from some of knowledge in fitness and health that could help them for every one person that can do that. So if at any one time I have a maximum excluding, you know, corporate team training or something or varsity training, I train maybe 10 to 12 clients maximum in my pool. So that leaves 5,990 people just for me, for somebody else to train. There's a shortage of trainers. And sadly, because of COVID, the health system is just going to be so, so hammered over the next year or so. You know, in addition to the mental health history, which has connectivity to the obesity issue. One in five people that are obese have depression. It's scary. So it's only going to get worse, and which is why podcasts like yours, people like you and, and hopefully myself, can help wake people up that at the end of the day, it's all about what you do. You have to initiate it. If you're waiting for someone to, to call you up and say, here, I'm here to help you, forget it. It's not going to happen. So that's my driving force. But I'm hoping this uh, one-day course, uh, which the first session runs December 4th, and if any of your listeners have an interest They'll be able to see it on my website in about a week or so. But uh, prior to that, they can DM me. They can email me info at we mean fitness. Again, it sounds like we mean business. It's we mean fitness. So info at we mean fitness. I'd be happy to send them the outline of what's covered. But it'll give you a lot of insight as to why we have an obesity epidemic. At a very high level, people have to understand there's no fairness in life. People that are fit get to stay fit easier than it is for people who are not fit trying to get fit. 
if that makes any sense. My head is nodding. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. (laughs) You know, for myself, one way I can empathize, I've never been morbidly obese. My my parents passed away a couple of decades ago, relatively young. I I got a little bit depressed for a period of time. I gained like 30 pounds, maybe max. That was massive for me. But I've never been 400 pounds. My heaviest client today was 425 pounds. I couldn't relate to how dysfunctional that makes a person. So to literally think, well, just do the same exercises I do and you'll be fit and healthy. It doesn't work that way. So I, I will wear things like if you, uh, they can follow me on Instagram at cynical trainer. I try to post videos that are somewhat insightful and useful. I posted one a few days ago about hill running because I told you I hate exercise and I need a whole hour and a half with context to explain why. But that being said, I don't run because I understand force equals mass times acceleration. My knees are too old. I don't want to wreck them anymore. But I do hill run. And I post videos about techniques you can use. One of the things I use, I will wear a weighted vest, like put 30 pounds on. And it's brutal. If you guys have ever trained like that to change proprioception, it is brutal. Well, imagine if you're, you know, a 150-pound person, you've got an extra 100 pounds on your body. How can a fitness trainer relate you can't. So again, part of the seminar, this one day course is to give you that insight to, to literally show you what the brain's doing. Because at the end of the day, there's two types of information out there. There's anecdotal. My late mom's hairdresser said, if I stand on my head, my hair will grow. Oh. Right. And then there, and then there's empirical information, which is, you know, double blind studies and so on, et cetera. That's I, I'm, a, I'm originally an engineer, by the way, from over 45 years ago. But that being said, I'm, I'm more of a science. I love my, I'm a geek for science. And when I see science, it gives me this sense of credibility. And sadly, science takes a lot of effort to sometimes interpret and understand. So a lot of people, human nature-wise, will gravitate towards quick fixes and quick solutions. And that normally isn't the good stuff. I'll give you an example. I can guarantee your audience, with very little doubt in my mind, that if Harvard University came out and said, they just posted a study that quoted, if you ate three jelly donuts every second day for the rest of your life, you'll extend your life for 15 years. How soon do you think it would take for the donut shops to sell out? Quickly. Or people would do it. That's the other thing in the back of my mind. Like People would not question something as much that as something else. It plays into their biases. On the flip side, on the flip side of that, to say, because there's so much science out there that is, by the way, I say I hate exercise and I truly do. It normally takes me a year without putting them through my new seminar to convince my clients that I hate exercise. They say, Mike, you're fit. How how do you hate exercise? I hate it. I hate it. I, I need a good hour to explain to people because if you're trying to change a person's mindset for something as broad as exercise is fun, it's not. Exercise sucks. And by the way, I don't mean the re- I don't mean the results. Guys, listen, I don't mean the results of exercise. I mean the act of doing the exercise to where you are physically exerting the body. That is not fun. Come to the seminar. I'll explain why. Again, it's all brain chemistry, and it doesn't lie, and it's all you know empirically supported. So I, I should tell you that uh, at the start of this global fitness conference, there were about 87%. I ask a question right up front. Do you love sleep? Everybody, I think two people said they didn't. <laughs> okay. I then say, do you love doing exercise? 87% said yes. At the end of the seminar, I think it was down to 10%. <laughs> so I learned a long time ago that if you're trying to change someone's mind, you can't just come right out in their face and say, listen, I hate exercise, so so do you. It doesn't work that way. You have to have information that gives you the support to feel credible about it, to then consider it, and then go through all of the dissonance in your mind and all that stuff. So, But most people think they like exercise. Trust me, they don't. And again, I explain, trust me, you guys, offline, because I don't want to waste your time or your listeners' time, but give me some time, probably about a half hour for one person, and I can convince you you actually don't like exercise. <laughs> why, why, is, why is that important? It's important because if you're trying to deal with a problem such as obesity, and that's where this seminar is focused on, for people who deal with people who are dealing with that challenge, it's important to understand a problem. 
If you don't understand a problem, how can you expect to solve it? Make sense? Yeah. You know, if you use if you use the same logic, let's say most people accumulate weight over years. And then my late mom used to come to me and she'd say, Mike, I've got to lose 30 pounds in two weeks to go to my niece's wedding. How do I do it? <laughs> Cut mom, off your what's arm. What's the matter with you, mom? <laughs> mom, it took you. This is my late mom, okay? And by the way, I wasn't a fitness teacher, trainer, strength and conditioning coach, fitness expert. I'm just her son. You know, familiarity breeds right. contempt. Right? right. So I would say, mom, does that make any sense? It took you five years to put on that most recent poundage, and you want to lose it in two weeks? She said, I don't care. Just tell me how to do it. Right. The human brain wants instant gratification. You do not get that from doing exercise. Now, again, you're thinking things like endorphins and dopamine. Trust me, there's a lot of misinformation out there. I go through it in this one day course and you also get some CECs while you do the process. So I'd be happy to chat with people and uh, hopefully enlighten them. What, what else? I'm, so, I'm curious I about this because too. like Brian and myself, I mean, well, it's not that. It, we it, we like the challenge, the struggle, yeah. the sure. the. I don't want to say pain, but you you let some things in. And but you, like Mike said, the results. Yeah. This is a, every time I tried to think of something to yeah. you know to counter your I don't like exercise thing, uh, the first thing that came to mind was the result of exercise, not the actual yeah. exercise. Yeah. So so again, you have to. Because exercise is challenging, and trust me, the brain does not want to do exercise. I, I show you some great videos in science in this seminar just to hammer home to make it true. Because if you're trying to do something, unless you truly, truly believe it, you're not going to be fully involved in it. You're not going to be fully engaged. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm sorry, but the process of getting old sucks. Okay, I, I, you know, I'm in my, I was, I won't tell you my age, but I was born in the 50s with black and white TV. And Mike looks like when he's I like 30, the by the way. Mike, I just want to tell all of our listeners you're that very... you look like you're like in your 30s, which is annoying and awesome <laughs> all in the same time. Don't hate. Don't hate. He looks, he looks good. You look good, Mike. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Married happily for 33 years. We'll see how long it keeps going. So here, here's the thing. When I wake up in the morning, I've got osteoarthritis. I cannot, no lie, I cannot close my hand properly because they're just too sore and too inflamed. That being said, I do things to combat that. It'll never, they can't, they haven't got a cure for osteoarthritis. But I don't know, if you can see me here, okay, I'm going to make, don't do this, but I'll make a tight fist, okay? So very quickly, I'm down on the floor. Your listeners can't see this, but watch, okay? Oh my gosh, my arthritic hands just broke okay. off as you did that. Oh. So how can I do that? How can I do that? Well, it's because I understand, in this case, the 27 muscles and associated bones and the extensors and flexors to make sure they're functional. So if I do nothing, the arthritis will take over and I'll become all, you know, mm -hmm. the typical arthritis look. But if I keep moving and keep the muscular structure balanced and the fascial lines functional, that's really important too, then I can deal with that inflammatory response that's happening from the OA. And I liken that whenever I'm teaching a new client, I want to get them to understand that I don't care if you're overweight. I only care, and I'll tell you my selfish reason in a second, I only care if it gets to a point where it negatively starts to affect your functionality, and then you fall into the system, the healthcare system, the pharmaceutical system, whatever the case may be. And, and my ulterior motive is that that then affects our tax base and my taxes. So there's my, all humans are selfish. And I just told you my selfish reason for doing this. Okay. In Canada, we spent $199, $198 billion about four years ago prior to COVID. Three years after that, we jumped up to nearly $250 billion with a B. So nearly $50 billion increase in healthcare in Canada, most of it being reactive not proactive. If we did proactive healthcare, we wouldn't have to do as much reactive healthcare. I could literally talk for hours on how we should revamp education about keeping people fitter because you need to do it yourself. You need to be educated on it to some degree. But most people aren't because it's challenging. Even the learning process pedagogically is a challenge. So people don't want to do it. 
It's easier to sit back and grab a bag of chips and watch a movie and veg out. Mm. And if and that works for you, that's okay. But try this little test, guys. Okay. So this is how I mean about functionality. I'm going to commentate. Anything, yeah. anything you were able to do as a as a child, as a baby, you should, for the most part, except for babbling, you should be able to still do as an adult. Okay. So one of the things I have people do is simply do a frog squat. Mike has stepped so as away. You can see, he's squatting. Okay. I've got my foot fully flush to the, the grass. Floor. Back of my calf is touching my hamstring, and it's right there. But what you'll find people do when I ask them to do this, and I ask them in every course, is they'll do this. Yeah. The heel comes off. Mm-hmm. Or they don't go down as far. They can't bend the deflection as much. Or they shift their hips. And it only gets worse. It gets collectively worse as time goes on. As you start to lose functionality, it will start to snowball unless you address it. So if your weight is starting to affect your functionality, that's when you have to deal with it. Hopefully before that, but if you've let it slip, then deal with it when you start to lose functionality. Otherwise, don't worry about it. You don't have to have a, a visible six-pack. You don't have to be 12% body fat. I'm, I'm. By the way, I'm a five and three-quarter packer because there's no way you're going to get me. I love eating too much. Right. Like. I trust. Oh, I could talk about diets for a long time. I talk about. A, <laughs> I talked for about an hour and a half in the seminar about diets and giving people the knowledge they needed to understand. But at the end of the day, I'm a minimalist. There's my. There's my whole thing. I'm a minimalist for exercise. I do the minimal amount of exercise that Mike Kelly needs to do to do my job, okay. which also includes. I'll just quickly show you here. I'm surprised they haven't made an appearance yet. Your listeners won't see that. What do we have here? Oh, oh Zoe, yeah. Maddie, and Jack. The dogs, the dog yeah. pound. So, uh, yeah, we're, you, you're two fit crazies. My wife and I are two crazy, crazy dog owners. <laughs> um, but I, I love running with dogs. I love, you know, I used to coach soccer up until a couple of years ago, but uh, I love running with the kids and I love just being able to move. I hate running. But I do enough so that I can still do it if I need to. That's what so, I think of I've, as, I mean, that's some of what you're saying with, you know, exercise. I don't want, you know, obviously our listeners are, are probably going to hear what you're saying and be like, wait, wait, wait. I love exercising and I love running and I love, <laughs> you know, I, I could hear it right now and, you know, reverberating from their minds. And I would love interesting. to talk to every single one of them. And it's, but it's movement. Like for some of it, you know, like when you talked about that, the low squatting and the functionality, a lot of this is movement. And Brian said, you know, okay, well, I do this because, you know, there's some sort of, you know, effect of, you know, how are you going to feel or what's going to happen? Or, um, but at the end of the day, is it, you know, is it rewiring for people out there? I want you to, exercise but maybe they're not considering it exercise maybe it is just movement like you said and hey the second you stop moving it's kind of all over unless you address it like you said and that in and of itself is really i mean it's fascinating you know what do they say it's you know that's great that there's 20 percent of people out there that maybe exercise but the 80 percent that's like yeah i'm not doing that yep i'm and and there's no getting around it. And how do we get into that? Which is which is a whole nother, you know, bag of worms that we're opening up. Exactly. It's it's actually a, it's a paradox. Okay. The heart, you know, they they think the heart has somewhat of a, a neurological connection to the body. Without getting into that science, so you've got the heart that in essence as the most important muscle in the body. It's not your glutes. I, I love these people in the gym that look so buff and hypertrophied, and but they couldn't walk around the block fast. Right. Okay. Like really, you're going to die at 45 or cardiovascular disease. That being said, the brain. Again, I would need a good hour, if not the whole workshop day, to explain to you why. But the brain doesn't want to do exercise, so it's a paradox. You've got this, the physiological aspect that needs exercise. I know it's important. I do do exercise. I'm just telling you up front that I hate it. I'm honest. Okay. <laughs> let me let me ask you guys a question. Would you? What do you think of the idea when I tell you that flossing your teeth 
at least once every 24 hours is important to reduce periodontal disease, reduce the chance or incidence of gingivitis and possible sepsis of the blood system. The Dental Society has proven science-wise that flossing your teeth is a good thing. Would you agree? Research says it's a good thing. So I agree. I'm going to put you both on the spot. In the last 20 years, have you ever missed a day and not flossed? Yes. Of course. Okay. Okay. Now, I guess my middle name might be anal. I never have. (laughs) I'm pretty good about it now. Yeah, and you need to be, okay? And those picks are the best thing thing that ever invented. Here's the thing, Brian. You know it's good for you. You just admit it. You might have missed it once or whatever. Do you like doing it? Yes. You like flossing? I like flossing. I like flossing, too. That's our friends. It's on. It's on now. Okay. All right. So do you love a good sleep, Brian? Yes. Think about that. Do you love how a good sleep feels? Yes. Is that the same satisfaction you get from flossing? No. Come on, Brian. No, it's not the no. same satisfaction. No. And and I would literally show you, I show I pull up studies. I pull up functional MRI scans to show you what's going on when the body's doing different things in this seminar. Okay? And trust me, flossing doesn't even get on the gauge. <laughs> okay? All right. Um, so the point being, if it's not... If it's fun to do, it's easy to do. Unfortunately, there is this also this paradox. Things that are good for us aren't normally fun to actually enact. They're challenging. This thing does not want to be challenged. Now, let me tell you something. I applaud everybody that is into fitness to promote good awareness of their body, not being a burden on the health community, the tax base. I applaud you, okay? If you're going to run, Christine, you're going to hate me for telling you this, but I think I saw the other day you did a 100-click race, right? Yeah, 100-click? No, that was 100 miles. Was it 100 miles? 100 okay. miles. She doesn't so mess what's around. What's that, 66 kilometers or something? No, no, 66 miles would have been 100 kilometers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am so impressed. I am so impressed. Now, do you want the bad news? I'm going to get yelled oh, at now, aren't I? I mean, what? Yeah, That's go, fine. go ahead, and I'll, and I'll back you up on this. Go with the bad news. <laughs> okay, here's, here's the bad news. If you believe in science, science has said that if you push the human body, now we're talking on average, okay? So there's some tolerance, maybe 5%, 10%, I don't know what it is. But if you push the human body beyond two hours, okay, you are actually starting to deplete some of the main markers in the body's immune system. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you do that over time, and I'm not talking about chronic wear injuries that might occur from that much. Wow, that is amazing. 100 miles. Okay, best I've done is a half marathon. That was decades ago. I'll never do it again. That being said, when you push the body to extremes over time, if you continue doing that, science says that you're not going to do well by it. Now, there are some exceptions, such as. If you were a child, probably in some deep southern latitude part of the world that was asked and needed to run barefoot at the age of two and up when bone growth plates are still changing and shaping, and you do that from childhood all the way out, you'll probably be fine. Granted, your immune system may still be challenged a bit. But what happens in places like North America, the Western world, is most people start running at latter stages in life. So you start feeling the negative impacts a lot more. And and what's the old adage of a runner, guys? Get through the first 10 minutes, everybody, and you'll be fine. <laughs> the endorphins will kick in. Well, show up at my seminar. I've got a real surprise for you that's going to disappoint you, but also enlighten you to possibly make you alter how you do things. So I'm not saying don't run. I'm just saying know everything involved with it so that in 40 years from now, you'll still be able to run to some degree. Okay, I'm not. So I'm, I'm going to agree that the, the hundred miler is stupid. Yeah, no, I know that. Beyond. That's <laughs> like beyond. that's just dumb. It was a bucket list thing. That's I. It's check, check, and and the recovery from that is not. I don't think was worth it for me. Like I still can feel I, like I, I'm recovering. Can I tell you a really funny story? So when I I think I mentioned earlier on, I was the trainer of the U.S. Embassy, a contract trainer, 
Safest gym in the world, by the way. I literally drove my car into the embassy in Ottawa, the U.S. embassy. They x-rayed the car. I went underground. And then the gym was three floors down. Like, it was unbelievable. Batman. That being said, I, I met a lot of Marines, like really cool guys. And these poor buggers may be captured and tortured. So, you know, they train by the mindset of no pain, no gain. But I have a different belief on that. That being said, when you push the body so hard and don't give it time to recover, you're going to pay the price. So way back when, they had this thing going on. It was called the Marine 1,000 Push-Up Challenge, 1,000 push-ups in a day. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, hey, guys, I'm pretty fit. I do, push- I li- I do push-ups every day, and I-, I do all kinds of different push-ups. But I've never done 1,000. You know, I've never done more than 100. I thought, how hard can it be? I've got 24 hours to do this. So I literally started at, at uh, 12.01. I threw out 50 push-ups. And I went to bed. And I felt really good. This is great. So as the day goes on, and I cataloged it. I have this all tabled, and I can show people. At the end of it, it was so hard to finish the last push-up. But I thought, I'm done. Pat myself on the back. Self-affirmation. This is great. This is no lie. I could not do a single push-up. For about three weeks. Hmm. Why? Well, a lot of involvement with it, but one of the things is called rhabdomyolysis. Sure. One of the biggest problems we have with the human body is you get people in the gym seven days a week. You're not giving time to heal, especially if you're working the same muscle groups. And you're go- you're going to basically fail when you go for this, you know, act in myosin contraction to get a muscle cell contraction. And it's not going to work. And then you're going to use some other parts of the body that aren't designed to move. And then you get the chronic wear and then you get injuries over time. So that I find generally for all your listeners out there is the weakest link in the gym. People do not give proper recovery time for themselves. You want a good one, Mike? You want this one? This is great. So it's like three days after the 100 miler, right? It's three days. And, you know, I'm really, I'm pretty fit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shake my legs out just like after a marathon. Maybe you go for a little shakeout run the next, you know, couple days, whatever. And I went out (laughs) and I tried to go for a little jog and my heart, I could barely breathe. My heart rate skies to like 168. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying. I think I, and I call Brian. I'm like, Brian, <laughs> Brian, I'm dying. Something's, something's really wrong. Something. And he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Go back to bed. Get, get, sit down. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but you know, you don't think of what has just happened because you think, all right, well, that's over and it's a new day. And, and it's not. That was a big, that was a huge, huge wake up call for me. Yeah. I, I want to know who the heck you're hanging out with that they're exercising so that they're not a burden on the tax system. <laughs> is, that, is that, I mean, is okay, that. So this is, so this is no lie, okay? I went to. That's a I no lie for me. The, I call them the old fart medical exam. So I, my wife and daughter talked me in when I hit 50 some time ago to go and have my. My exam, you know, sure. the exam of talking about Brian. Okay. So I went in there and I, I know the doctor from first name because I was, I used to teach tennis at the auto athletic club. So I met a lot of people like doctors and that there. And even I have them as clients. So we knew them on a first name basis. And I went in and said, Hey, John, how's it going? He says, good, Mike. Good. And all of a sudden he says, Mike, how's the, how's the valve doing? I said, sorry, what do you mean? How's the, he said, well, how's the replacement doing? I said, John, what are we talking about? He said, Mike, you had the surgery six months ago. I said, no, John, you've got the wrong Mike what? Kelly. So the point being, number one, the medical system is overwhelmed. Yeah. Every doctor, typically in Ontario, one of the provinces in Canada, has on average 3,000 patients. What the hell? I, I have 10 clients. I can barely remember the names. You've right. got 3,000? How can you remember the names and what they do? So the medical system, if you're looking for it to support you from an individualization perspective, you're kidding yourself. The last time I saw my doctor, actually, it was about three years ago. I had a ruptured retina of all things, right? Probably too many push-ups or something. But, um, you know, I went in and I saw him, and I haven't seen him since. So I don't go. Now, my my brother, sadly, love my older brother. He's a retired fire captain from the fire department. This guy, he's almost bionic, okay? He's had so many replacements. (laughs) He's had one hip replaced, titanium full replaced. He's had one knee and then one full knee and one partial. I think one or both shoulders are replaced. He's had his, his spine, his back opened up three times. Sorry, just twice. That's a friend I've had. Okay. 
I herniated a disc when I was 21, and I was told that I should get L4 and 5 fused. I chose not to. That being said, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. I'm pretty functional. I do a lot of stuff. You know, I, I still teach. All right. I still teach. Like I still just move kicked well. way high now, in the sky. Just did a rocket yeah, kick. Now, yeah. now I'm, not, I'm not saying that I don't feel discomfort. I do. But if you understand what the discomfort is and how to mitigate it or mediate it, then life, is, life can be good. But here's the biggest problem some of your listeners, or I suspect, given your listeners are very fit, some of their clients are going to envision. They wait until it's too much of a burden. They don't find, they don't get down like this and find, oh, my heel is coming up off a centimeter off the ground. I got to figure that out and get it fixed. They wait until they can't bend down to even 90 degrees or whatnot. And then they try and fix it. So I bring this up because I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know where the biggest incident with men over 40 of cardiac events occurs? Men over 40 cardiac events. Yeah. Uh, Think Alan Thick if you if you know the name Alan Thick. Of well, course, of course. Alan. Uh, I I don't know, but what, what, I know Alan, who Alan Thick is, but I don't I'm not familiar with the story of where, where he experiences he? I cardiac. Forgot. Alan Thicke was a, was a fairly funny Canadian talk show host in that. And his son is Robin Thicke. Mm-hmm. You probably know him from music. Sure. But Alan Thicke had a cardiac event. Growing on the pains. Growing pains. <laughs> yeah, sure. Growing yeah. pains. But he, he died. Massive heart attack yeah. playing hockey. Hockey. Uh, somewhere in Los Angeles or something. Okay. Why, why does that stuff happen? Well, I'll give you some insight. So hockey okay, is the answer? Or, well, or exercise? No, the answer is that this, your users can't see what I'm doing, but it's this forgets. That right. this is getting older mm. and depreciating. True. Okay. And you're everything from a physiological to the endocrine system to the integumentary system, all the parts of the body start to degrade over time. But this doesn't realize that. This still thinks that you're, in the case of Alan Thick or whoever, you're still a 20 year old competitive hockey player. You can still hustle and get that one puck before in a pickup hockey game before the 19 year old beside you on the right wing goes for it. So you get a ton of injuries in pickup hockey because they're only exercises once a week it's on the hockey rink right and the brain forgets that they're no longer younger so the the body still gets pushed beyond where it should be capable of doing it and and that i see that i see that so much here even in general athletics i was the um the i'm I'm a fanatic on a road bike i love biking i was the bike director at our our big meach lake track do you love biking though Pardon me? Do you love biking? I actually, I actually do love biking. <laughs> okay, all right. Here's Just checking. No, no, let me clarify something. I hate exercise <laughs> because I understand the exercise part. I do exercise because I love eating and I love doing sports. Okay. I no longer play, I no longer play competitive tennis. I still hit a decent ball. But I, I don't get to that degree. So I never get to the exertion phase that sucks. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, so, although, I, although I've biked in, you know, triathlon competitions, half Ironmans up, you know, 90, 100 kilometers at a really good pace, I don't do that anymore. I still go out and I bike. I'll bike maybe 30, 40, 50 miles for your U.S. audience miles as opposed to kilometers. But I I'm, I'm feel great after. I'm not pushing myself. Okay, so I will leave your listeners with one thought to consider. Okay, if you want to change the body, the human body for the positive, you have to do it at a very small percentage change of what you're currently capable of doing. So if, for example, you walk a mile in, I don't know, 25 minutes, don't go out based on past laurels expecting that today is a great day. I feel great. I had a great sleep. I had a great breakfast. I'm going to go run that 25-minute mile. I'm going to run it in 15. Mm. That is a mistake. Yes. What you want to do is you want to take off maybe 5 or 10 seconds for two weeks. And you want to do that over the six-month-to-a-year period. That's how you will get a more sustainable result without hurting yourself. But guess what? Humans are impatient. They don't want to wait. They don't want. They want to lose the weight quickly. They want to deal with the stresses of life quickly. And all that and plays into right what you said about the pharmaceutical and everything else in the beginning. You know, it's it's just give me the quick fix. Give me the hack. Yeah. 
I hate yeah. the hacks. Isn't Mike great? Yeah. We were on, by the way, for our listeners, Mike and I were on, what were we on? Like a the CanFit Pro, make sure you don't mess up your Zoom session pre, <laughs> pre-CanFit Pro is what, is what it was. Okay, and, right. and Mike was such a great personality and, and whatnot. And I'm like, mm, yep, him. And that's what I do. <laughs> and I, I'm a shark. I tend to... Um, Brian says I stalk people sometimes, but when I hear people and, and for all of our listeners out there, you know, this when, when there's someone that I'm like, they are interesting and I want more. And for those of you out there right now, if you're not intrigued with what Mike Kelly is saying about, I do what I do and I, and this is my career and it, and he hates exercise, then, then you're not alive because there, there should be a lot of questions going through your mind right now. And I would love, um, we are going to put up all your information, Mike, about, you know, any courses that you have coming up. We'll put up your website, which, um, you know, for all of our listeners as well, that they can find more information, but do us a favor. Tell us again, the website and also your social media handles. Okay. Thank you. And again, thank you for, I, I love, uh, if I can get people healthier, uh, can I tell you a very quick story? Absolutely. Go. Okay. When I was young and stupider, is there such a word as stupider? Yeah. When I was young and stupider, I was a, a waiter and a bartender putting myself through school. I was about 19, 20 or something. At the end of our shift around 2 a.m., we would get together, other waiters, bartenders, we'd go out and we'd go out to other bars that might still be open on the Quebec border, for example. Whenever we saw somebody, sadly, who was, say, morbidly obese, male or female, it didn't matter, what do we do? We would make snide remarks about them behind their backs. When I see somebody now that I see has some kind of dysfunction, movement, o- obesity, whatever the case may be, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts me. I swear to it makes me emotional. Why? Because I know what's in store for them and it's not good. It's not good. It is not going to get any better unless there is some kind of intervention. Okay. And, and the reality is only that individual can make that impetus to jump into that because it's hard. It's super hard to do. But what I like to leave people with, including clients, is I always ask them if they feel young. And my average age client age is in their 50s. And they say, no, no, I, I have no energy and I don't move as well. I can't golf as much or whatever the case may be. And I say, well, listen, there's nothing special about me. Okay, I'm not a mesomorph. I'm probably closer to an endomorph if if your clients, if your people know what that means. But that being said, I can put on weight very easily. But I know the negatives of doing so. So I do things I don't want to do because I want to stay functional. Uh, My daughter just got married. So hopefully, God willing, there's going to be grandchildren. I want to be able to play with them and, and be that cool dad or cool granddad or whatnot. The reality is there's nothing easy about it. But When's the time to start? Yesterday. Don't do this January 1st stuff because you're literally making it, eh, what's that? You're making it five months harder on yourself. You need to set the bar really low and you need to get over it. And you need to start moving. Okay. But my social media, that's where I'm on almost every day. It's at Cynical Trainer. Uh, the website is We Mean Fitness. That's W E M E A N F I T N E S dot com. So my personal trainer courses and uh, fascial courses they run pretty consistently throughout the year. There's one coming up next week, actually, a, a personal trainer specialist certification. There's still time to get on it if you're interested. Um, the new course, the Why I Hate Exercise: The Psychology That Health Professionals, Fitness Professionals Need to Know. That first date is December 4th. It's a one-day course with four CECs. I will be posting information about its, uh, the goals and so on on the website sometime next week if I can get together with a web person. Yeah. And other than, other than that, I'm happy to answer questions if people have them. If I don't type really well, but uh, if you want, I'm happy to chat with people throughout North America for that matter. So, and Pakistan, if anybody yeah. has, <laughs> I was going to add it. I had to throw yeah. it in there. I was going to add it. My God, that, that guy's English was better than mine. No lie. Okay. It was impeccable. He, he actually trained over in the UK. So unbelievable. But yeah, I learned a lot. 
Fascinating. So, oh my gosh. Thank you very much, guys. It was it was fun. That yeah. was awesome. And you know what? I when you were talking before, I keep thinking of you know, I know you and I know Brian does it and I know I do it as well. That, you know, when when we're out there, we want other people to be inspired to move and you don't have to go out and run some crazy race or, you know, do something like no, the exact throw opposite. a lot of weight over your head. It's what can you do? Let's just move and I mean, all of us, I don't know. I mean, I'll see someone and they'll have, you know, again, something wrong with their gait or this. And, you know, I'll say to my husband, like, wow, they're they're so tight in their hips. If they could just and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, because, you know, we we have that knowledge of anatomy and, you know, of the structure and muscles and fascia. And it's like, oh, let us help you help right. yourself. And and that's why we're here as uh, as advocates and platforms of you know, platforms of change, of inspiration. So, Mike, you have so much awesome information to share with the world. And I know that our listeners are going to love you. And um, I hope that you get on your podcast, you know, platform and get out there very soon as well. And we're here to help you. Kick in the butt. We'll get you. Appreciate it, guys. Love it. All right. So with that said, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.